Sonia, an underpaid, underappreciated, under-assistant who's overworked and overlooked here at Prima Records. We broadcast tonight from the outside of Roswell where, whoops, I've said too much. Take it away, Mr. Showbiz. Thank you very much, Sonia. Hi, you're riffing with Sid Griffin. This is our umpteenth zillionth podcast. We're right out in the American Southwest. Near, well, anyway, let's get back to the show at hand. We're going to have a special show this evening, our September show for the September of our years. And we're going to have a slightly different tact. Instead of just a bunch of groovy, great tunes that are linked by a theme, we've got a bunch of really strange tunes linked by the fact that the people that put these tunes out all had hits. All had hits in the United States of America in my youth, and yet they put out some of the weirdest stuff ever. Everybody's got a revolution number nine, number nine, number nine, inside them somewhere, and sometimes it has to come out. The first one up is from his uh, fabulous album, My Way. Frank Sinatra, the chairman of the board, had a big hit with My Way, and the LP came out March 1969, and on it, it had such classics as uh, his, his immortal take of Didn't We, A Day in the Life of a Fool, a brilliant version of a, of a Sinatra classic called All My Tomorrows, and of course, the title track, My Way. But he also put on his version of Simon and Garfunkel's Mrs. Robinson, and here it is. And here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. Jilly loves you more than you will know Whoa, whoa, whoa Oh, bless you, please, Mrs. Robinson Heaven holds a place for those who pray Hey, hey, hey Hey, hey, hey About you for our files We'd like to help you learn To help yourself Look around you All you see are Sympathetic eyes Stroll around the grounds Until you feel at home The PTA Mrs. Robinson Won't okay the way you do your thing Ding, ding, ding And you'll get yours, Mrs. Robinson Fooling with that young stuff like you do Hey, 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 
Recorded in Hollywood, produced by Don Costa and Sonny Burke, as per usual. That's Sinatra. He's happy on that track, isn't he? But it's just ridiculous. Jilly Loves You More Than You Will Know? That's one of his handlers, one of his minders. He's rewriting a great Paul Simon lyric. And what's this bit about ring-a-ding-ding? He's got to throw that lyric in there? Incredible. My take, it was the end of the evening. Frank had a few drinks. He sang to a live track. He and Willie Nelson both record live with the band playing at the same time they're singing. He's singing not to a live track, but to a live performance by a big band. He's had a few bourbon and waters and he just got silly with a Paul Simon lyric. And uh, it's extraordinary, isn't it? It's absolutely extraordinary. Second up, one of my great heroes and someone I took Sonia to see many years ago, and she didn't quite get it. That's one of our themes. I take Sonia out of the office, take her out to a pop concert. She doesn't get it. Petula Clark was a child star since uh, the Second World War when she was at age five on the air reading letters to servicemen serving in Europe and Asia on the BBC. And she remained a star throughout the 60s. Uh, In 62, she had a big worldwide hit everywhere but the States anyway, with a song called Sailor. And then of course she broke in the States with Downtown. She was 29 years old, pushing on, knocking on the door of 30, but we didn't know that in the States. We thought she was just a kid. Now, Petula Clark was a a friend like uh, the late Silla Black with the Beatles. And Petula Clark and her husband, Tony Hatch, they wanted to be contemporary and everything. So they wanted to do songs by say, the Beatles or Dylan or the Stones or Motown or whatever but how to do it in her own style. This is Petula Clark's interesting, not wholly successful, kind of peculiar, but nonetheless intriguing version of the Fab Four's B-side from Paperback Writer, 1966, Rain. Sit there, lemon 
It's great in its own sweet way. I mean, it's not it's not so much that she successfully covers it, and it's not so much that she fails. It's just so weird. I mean, she always had great taste. In fact, if you look at the footage of the bed-in, the, the bed-in, and I think it's the one in Toronto. might be Amsterdam, but the John and Yoko bed-in. I believe, I believe it's Toronto. There's Petula Clark. She went to see John and Yoko and get the answers to what's going on in the world. So she's a hip, hip young lady. But uh, I don't know. It's, it's hard to keep someone who's Vegas and poppy and Broadway and the London West End and theatrical groovy in the 60s. Witness Sinatra struggling, struggling with uh, Mrs. Robinson, even though I love that track. And Witness Petula Clark there with Rain. Now, this is also a problem that happened in Nashville. The Holy Trinity of Bluegrass is, of course, Bill Monroe and the Bluegrass Boys, Flat and Scruggs, and then, of course, the Stanley Brothers. Now, Flat and Scruggs were produced by the same guy that produced Leonard Cohen and Bob Dylan, the immortal Bob Johnson. Bob, I say immortal. He's actually just died a few weeks ago. Rest in peace, Bob. This is a guy that produced, uh, as I said, The Birds, Bob Dylan, Leonard Cohen, Johnny Cash, so on and so forth. Just a fantastic, just a raconteur, knowledgeable producer, uh, amazing guy. And he got a hold of Flatten Scruggs. He wanted to contemporize their sound. And he said, look, you guys are great. You're in this bluegrassy thing. You've had exposure on the Beverly Hillbillies TV show. People love you in America, but really to cross over to the young people, we need to do something they can, they can absorb. That's on their palate. It's on their, their, uh, their wavelength. So he had him record an album called Nashville Airplane. Yes, 1968, they recorded an album, an album called Nashville Airplane with such tracks as... Uh, if I were a carpenter, I'll be your baby tonight. Rainy day women, number 12 and 35. I'm not kidding. The times there are changing, universal soldier. And this immortal Flatten Scruggs version. Yeah, the Foggy Mountain Boys. Everybody kicking in on Like a Rolling Stone. Once upon a time, you dressed so fine. Through the bumps of dime in your prime. In you. Cold, say you're bound to fall You thought they were all Kidding you You used to laugh about Everybody that was hanging out Now you don't talk so loud Now you don't seem so proud about having to be scrounging your next meal How does it feel? How does it feel? With no directions home Like a complete All the pretty people drinking, thinking they got it made. Exchanging all kinds of precious gifts. You better lift your diamond ring. You better pawn it, babe. You used to be so amused. And the poison and rags and the language you used. Go to him now. Got nothing, you ain't got nothing 
blue You're invisible now You got no secrets to conceal How does it feel? Now, Lester, years later, told Marty Stewart after Flatt and Scruggs had broken up and uh, Scruggs went on to the Earl Scruggs Review with his boys, right? And Lester Flatt continued the traditional bluegrass sound that Earl Scruggs didn't want to do. Lester Flatt continued the traditional bluegrass sound with a band called Lester Flatt and the Nashville Grass, who were terrific. And they had at one time a very young mandolin player named Marty Stewart. And years later, Marty Stewart says he was talking on the bus with Lester Flatt about the recording of By Flatt and Scruggs of that Like a Rolling Stone and Rainy Day Women, 12, number 12 and 35. And I'll be your baby tonight. And Flatt told him that it was Bob Johnson's idea and Lester Flatt being a nice guy and a team player said, I'll go along with it. If you and Earl, think that Earl Scruggs think this is a good idea, I'll go along with it. But he told Marty Stewart, and Marty Stewart does such a great imitation of him. I'll imitate Marty imitating Lester. I got nothing against Bob Dylan Marty. Nothing at all. He just doesn't write our kind of music. That's all. So there you have it. Lester Flat on like doing like a Rolling Stone. Extraordinary. Now, before you think, well, this is just Sid Griffin riffing around and being a wise guy with his record collection, I'm going to include a song of mine. This is a song off the Native Sons album that was uh, 31 years ago, gave Morrissey and the Smiths a run for their money. We were the number two album in Europe in the indie charts to meet his murder by the Smiths. We were the number one album in the United States of America on the indie charts, college radio charts. And this is a song of mine called Never Got to Meet the Mom, which I'm very embarrassed about the lyric. And I'll tell you a story about it when this song is over. Hips and a father's loot I like them more than that, no rain 
Never got to meet the mom. Boom. Right there. Bad title. Never got to meet the mom. Bad title. Now, this track sounds okay because I had a lovely band called the Longriders playing behind me. And Stephen McCarthy and the guys, they're great musicians. Greg gave, Greg Souders gave a great drum beat. And Tom Stevens kept it rolling along with his bass. It was kind of Tom's arrangement and Tom's uh, harmony vocals with Steven on there. So it sounds okay, but it's a dumb lyric. Never got to meet the mom. Never got to shake her palm. It's my lyrics. I'm, I'm not just making light of people's music here. I'm making light of my music as well. I'm not just pointing a finger. And here's my story. Oh, 10 years ago, the Cole Porters, my band now, C-O-A-L, were playing King Tut's Wawa Hut in Glasgow. And we're having dinner after sound check. And the uh, young waitress or barmaid came up to me with a big grin and said, which one of you is Sid Griffin? I said, I am. And she goes, were you in the long ride? I said, yes, I was. And she said, did you write a song called Never Got to Meet the Mom? And I, and I said, well, yeah. And she goes, she just smiled. And I don't know why I said, would you like to hear it? And she really smiled and said, yes. So I went over and grabbed a guitar and right there in front of the guys and her just sang the song because I thought she liked the song. And when it was over, my little performance was over at the dinner table, this waitress or barmaid, whatever the young lady's task was that evening, looked at me and said, my boyfriend's right. That is the worst song I have ever heard in my life. And with that, she turned on her heel and went to work. So there, take that, Sid Griffin. Ego, knocked down, knocked down, knocked down. Bad, 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 Sid Griffin. Bad, Sid Griffin, evil songwriter. Anyway, there's going to be a Longwriters box set out in November. It's called Final Wild Songs. It's four CDs. I hope you check it out. It's got some unreleased things on it. And the fourth CD is a live performance in March of 1985 of us live on the radio in Benelux somewhere. Check it out. Final Wild Songs, four CD box set, The Longwriters. Moving right along, as they say. Track five this evening is as groovy a track as track can be. It's Dino, Desi, and Billy doing The Rebel Kind, produced by the great Lee Hazelwood, someone who's revered now for because of his work with Nancy Sinatra, of course. This is, was a, a, a minor hit in 1965 in America. It followed up their number 12 USA single, I'm a fool. It's all session players, as you know, but this is uh, Lee Hazelwood working with Get Ready, Dino Desi and Billy. That's Dino, it's Dean Martin's son, i.e. Dino Martin Jr., Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz's son, Desi Arnaz, right? He was the drummer. And Billy Hinchy, whose real estate mogul father, Otto, made enough in real estate to live near the Martins and the Lucille Ball family in Beverly Hills. Three kids from Beverly Hills. They're just in their mid-teens and they have the nerve to put out a song called The Rebel Kind. They could buy a revolution. Here's the track. Somebody else and you'll do fine Cast your tears into the sea Don't waste those good tears on me I'll tell you, baby, I'm not the loving kind 
tell you, baby, I'm not the loving kind. So you better move on down the line. I told you so, I never lied. Love's a chain, I'll never ride. I'll tell you, baby, I'm not the loving kind. Not the loving kind. To be fair, Dino Martin Jr., as I recall, changed his name to the more formal Dean Paul Martin, did some acting, and I think he became a professional tennis player. Did he not? Was he not the Martin son that became the professional tennis player? Or is he the one that died in the airplane crash? It's all in Nick Tosh's fine book, High Living in the, in the, in the Land of Dreams. Uh, Nick Tosh's great biography of Dean Martin. But anyway, and then Desi, Desi Arnaz, who was, of course, Lucille Ball's son, and her father was the guy, Lucy, Lucy, come down to the club on the I Love Lucy show. I don't know what happened to him. And Billy Henchy, the real estate mogul's son, Billy Henchy is still today playing with the Beach Boys. He was a dear friend of Carl, the late Carl Wilson and the Beach Boys. And Billy Henchy, to the uh, last I've heard, is still with the Beach Boys. I've seen the Beach Boys play 12 times with Brother Brian and everybody. And uh, until the, I think the very, very last time, Billy Hinchy was always on stage. So I assume that's what he's doing. But all three of those guys were Beverly Hills kids with silver spoons in their mouth. And them doing a song called The Rebel Kind, you have got to be kidding. With all respect, gentlemen, you've got to be kidding. Number six of today's nine songs, or tonight's nine songs, or this morning's nine songs, depending on when you listen to this podcast. Just saw Crosby, Stills, Nash the other night, enjoyed the show. And I was reminded that uh, as the band moved on into the 60s, Graham Nash wanted to do kind of more of a singer-songwriter thing. And of course, that eventually came up with uh, Teacher Children and Marrakesh Express, both turned down by the Hollies, later to be famous by CSN. And Nash has an early sort of solo outing with a song on their 1966 album called Would You Believe? Now, the title of the song, Fifi the Flea. Again, boom, right there, Fifi the Flea, bad title. Great singer, great songwriter, pretty darn good album. It's got I Can't Let Go in it, the great uh, Chip Taylor song written with Al Gorgoni, the amazing New York City producer and engineer. So the Hollies are certainly a talented guys, but I mean, Fifi the Flea, you gotta be kidding. Fifi the Flea fell in love with a clown from a flea circus fair. She gave him her heart, but he still couldn't see That for such a long time she had cared He put himself round all the other girl fleas Unaware that he hurt her so badly She cried in the arms of his manager friend And declared that she loved the clown madly One day Fifi went and this drove the clown wild Poor little flea started crying Never you mind, his manager said I ought not to tell, but she's dying Dying for love of you, little flea You've broken her heart with your lying She couldn't stand to see you throw her love away without trying The day Fifi died The little clown vowed He'd tend her grave every hour He broke down and cried When he saw her grave And how 
on it he placed a small flower Poor little flea, he wasted away He'd lost his fee-fee forever So they opened her grave, put him inside Now at last they are together Graham Nash singer-songwriter effort. But it's ridiculous. Fifi the Flea. Think about it. It appeared under the Hollies uh, songwriting banner. Alan Clark, Graham Nash, and Tony Hicks had a songwriting agreement that they would not do their three names. They'd be L. Ransford. So it appears under L. Ransford, but it's a Graham Nash solo composition. In 67, they changed it to uh, Clark, Hicks, Nash, or whatever their, their names were. But it appears under L. Ransford. That's Graham Nash doing Fifi the Flea. I mean... In the Long Riders, we had a guy, uh, we had several bass players. We had a guy on bass from Australia for a while named Don something. And he came to us and said, I've got a song. We said, well, let's hear it. And it was called My Love Affair. And we fooled with it for a bit and we weren't really into it. I didn't think it was a good song, which it wasn't. And I remember at one point, Steve McCarthy, our guitar player, the nicest guy on earth, said, to tell you the truth, Don, there is, I would no more, Stephen looked at him and said, I would no more record and perform a song called My Love Affair then I would record and perform a song called Happy Birthday, Mom. And there was silence for a second. We all laughed, except Don, the bass player. And he quit the band a couple of weeks later. We went on to get Tom Stevens and rise to fame and fortune, where we briefly rivaled the Smiths. Anyway, so uh, Fifi the Flea, I don't know. It's just, I, can't, I can't get my head around it. Graham Nash, I, I just don't, I, don't, I don't get it. Don't get it. Now, in a more contemporary vein, these are a lot of my 60s guys, of course, from my... my errant youth but brian wilson had a lovely album out uh, earlier this year and it was called no peer pressure p-e-e-r get it Ho! and i'd say of the uh 16 tracks in the main album i'd say five or six were just terrific some were okay and then there's this one now i i shouldn't have said who it was let's play this track called runaway dancer and you you tell me who do you think it is
this is Brian Wilson. You, I mean, where is he on the track? I hear Cebu Simonian, who is, of course, half the Los Angeles-based indie pop hero duo Capital Cities. I mean, by the way, he was born in Syria. Isn't that, I don't know how many Syrian pop stars, but we've got one now. That's He's known as Cebu, but he's Cebu Simonian is to his parents. And as I said, he's in Capital Cities, who are a fine band. I mean, I understand why people like Capital Cities. And I know he's on Capital Records, and I know that Brian's on Capital Records. But it's just, what a weird collaboration. I mean, what does that have to do with Brian Wilson? To me, nothing. And I, I don't get it. It's not a bad track, but I don't get it. Why is it on Cebu's album, or a Capital Cities album, with Brian sitting in? That would make more sense to me. Shut up, Sid. Hey, Judy Collins. I saw Judy Collins in the South Bank a few years ago with Roger McGuinn and uh, uh, Eric Anderson and some other noted folkies from the New York City folk scene before it went west, as it were. Judy Collins is from Colorado. She, of course, gave Roger McGuinn a break when he uh, helped arrange songs on her uh, second album, I believe it was, her second album. And uh, she did a version of Just Like Tom Thumb's Blues that has to be heard to be believed. And we're going to hear it now. When you're lost in the rain in Juarez And it's Easter time too And your gravity fails And negativity don't pull you through Don't put on any airs When you're down on Rue Morgue Avenue They got some hungry women there And they'll really make a mess out of you Well, if you see St. Annie Please tell her thanks a lot I cannot move And my fingers, they are all in a knot I haven't got the strength to get up and take another shot. And my best friend, the doctor, won't even say what I've got. Goddess of blue. She speaks good English and she invites you up into her room. And you're so kind and careful not to go to her too soon. And she takes your You can pick one or the other 
say those of you that have heard just like tom thumbs blues the live version that dylan put out as a b-side or the version on uh live 1966 don't doesn't he do it on the live 1966 album for the bootleg series i mean i just it's joshua rifkin is the folk blues uh arranger folk pop arranger that also i believe arranged phil oak's great album well some people say great album some don't like it. They feel it's overproduced. Pleasures of the Harbor. And this is Judy Collins doing a rough, rough, brutal Dylan song, which a friend of mine insists is about getting an abortion south of the border. But that's another story for another time. And I I don't know. I can't decide if I like that or I don't. A lot of people despise that track. It's certainly interesting. It's from her 1967 or late 66 LP. I think it was late 66 LP, In My Life by Judy Collins. And this bel canto vocal on a Dylan track, which is a rough, when you're lost in Moraine, wow, yes, and it's Easter time too. You know, it's like, what? I just kind of can't get my head around it. Certainly Judy Collins has a hell of a voice, but was that the best way to do that particular Bob Dylan song? Um, Joshua Rifkin is a, a, a famous American conductor. He plays keyboards. He's a he's now a professor of music at Boston University. He's basically nobody's fool. He's he's uh, uh, done pro- pop projects. He's done projects on Scott Joplin and Ragtime, on Johann Sebastian Bach, including St. Matthew's Passion. I just think 
I don't know, what were they thinking on that one? He uh, did the arrangements on her album, In My Life. He also did the arrangements on the album, uh, Wildflowers. And he's enough of a groovy guy that he performed the Even uh, Dozen Jug Band. Now, the Even Dozen Jug Band, of course, had Dave Grisman, the great mandolinist, John Sebastian of the Love and Spoonful, and Marian Baldar of Midnight at the Oasis fame. So he knows his onions, but I don't know. I can't, I don't know what to say. Uh, what can I say? Judy Collins, you're out there. She's the sweet Judy Blue Eyes of Stephen Stills' immortal song, Sweet Judy Blue Eyes. And uh, for the last song of the evening, uh, two guys, I don't think either one of them had blue eyes. And let me say this. You know, I did stick one of my songs in here. So if I'm making light or raising a question mark about anybody, I've done it with a long writer song that I wrote. Anybody can have come a clunker. I mean, is there anybody on earth who has the favorite Beatles song and says it's revolution number nine, number nine, number nine? I don't think so. Is there anybody on earth whose favorite Rolling Stones album is Satanic Majesty's Royal Request? I don't think so. The Hollies sing Dylan. That was a misfire. A lot of people, uh, they're birds fanatics like me, don't dig mind gardens off Younger Than Yesterday. I kind of dig it. I didn't dig it. I didn't dig it at first. Now I kind of groove with it. I think Crosby is really pushing the boat out there. Dylan himself, the master, one of the most important figures of 20th century popular culture. And if he keeps cooking the way he's been cooking so far the last 15 years, he might be one of the most important cultural figures of the 21st century. Dylan had a bad 1980s, a whole uh, 1980s. Uh, fallow period. So anyone can hit a clunker now and then. Chad and Jeremy were like Peter and Gordon. They came in on the tails of the Beatles into uh, North America where they had more success than they did in their native land. I quite like their album Distant Shores, which has a number of tracks produced by James William Guercio, who later hit Pay Dirt with uh, the Buckinghams and hit even more Pay Dirt with a little band called Chicago, who were huge, the horn-laden band Chicago, huge in the States in the early 1970s, in fact, throughout the 1970s. Still going strong today with some different members, but they're still out there now. Anyway, this is a song uh, that uh, I don't know what they were doing. This is Chad and Jeremy. It's called Your Mama's Out of Town. It's written by Chad. It was recorded in November 65 here in London, England. To me, they've done it a little faster. They could have got a monkey's thing going there, but they're kind of trying to be naughty and they kind of are too white bread to have it in them. And at the same time, it is catchy, kind of like a monkey's album track. And here's Chad, and here's Jeremy, and then that's it. Open the door and let me in. It's me, it's me, I'm here again. Give me a smile and show me through. You know I'm here to be with you. No one to see us, no one else around. So cuddle me tight, turn up the light, your mama's out of town. Look at the moon, we know so well, I'm sure, my love, that he won't tell. Don't be afraid to hold my hand, I know your ma would understand. It's very quiet, not a single sound. So cuddle me tight, and turn up the light, your mama's out of town tonight. Better put the cat out But you know what they say People say when the cat's away All the mice will play So let yourself go And in a while Perhaps you'll show a little smile One of these days We'll have a home A little place to call our own It won't be long now I put the money down So cuddle me tight Turn up the light 
Your mama's out of town tonight The faces have uh, songs like this. Rod Stewart, Ronnie Lane's Mob. Well, the Stones have songs like this, if you listen to the lyric and the theme. But it sounds like something Davy Jones could have sung on a Monkees record. They just sped it up a little bit. I have a soft spot for Chad and Jeremy. People that know me as Mr. Roots Rock and know I love things like blues and early country and western, which I do, and bluegrass, the, the sort of tributary streams of uh, rock and roll's Great River, they find it odd that I would like something like Chad and Jeremy, but then I like, you know, Petula Clark a great deal. I have a, I have a warm spot in my heart for 60s pop and the odd uh, bit of schmaltz. I got a big thing for Sinatra and Tony Bennett. But anyway, that's our show for this evening. It's the September of my years. I'm Sid Griffin. Uh, if you've had bad GCSEs, look, these are some of the most famous people in show business tonight. Frank Sinatra, Brian Wilson, Flatten Scruggs, me. Come on. They can make a boo-boo or take a left-hand turn. You can too in life and you can still come out on top. Don't worry about those GCSE reports all that bad. You might make a million quid anyway. My name is Sid Griffin. You've been riffing with Griffin. That's my theme music to get out of here. I love you all so very much. We'll see you down the line. This is Sid Griffin Podcast. There are other ones on iTunes and elsewhere. Check me out at www.sidgriffin.com. Come see the Cole Porter sometime. I love you. God bless you. Good night. Goodbye. <laughs>